When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. 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 Turner Sparks and Sir Michael Ira Kaplan are on a quest to explore every town in America through the eyes of the scumbags, scoundrels, and world touring comedians who grew up there. Who knows what they'll find out? This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America, episode 176. My name's Turner Sparks in Arlington, Virginia is where I ended up landing, Kaplan. I'm in a bunker. I'm in a basement in Arlington, Virginia. Kaplan, go ahead. I'm in a bed, my bedroom here in Long Island City, New York. I did not run. I didn't run like you did, so I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm standing up to the invisible enemy, fighting it on, its, on, on my home turf. We're going to get into that in a minute. But on the podcast, we have Andy Curtin calling in from Hong Kong. China uh, or Hong, whatever you decide Hong Kong is in your head, that's what you can call it, whatever country it's related to. But anyway, Andy's calling in from Hong Kong. He's the owner of the Riff Comedy Club in Hong Kong. He and I started the Kung Fu Comedy Club together many years ago and um, almost 10 years ago at this point. And uh, he's there in and out and back in and back out of quarantine. So we're going to find out all about what's going on in, in the quarantine situation in Hong Kong before all that Kaplan, as I said, I've made my way to Arlington, Virginia. If you're not listening yet, I don't know what to tell you. The Patreon show, we're going every day, Tuesday through Friday, four days a week over there. Those people found out a week ago where I was. And yeah, um, they, they, they knew it. They knew it. We have new they, subscribers. They know this whole time. And, and it's important to know where we are. You guys, your family, you should know where we are. So you should subscribe to Patreon. Especially if you're in my family. Yeah. Um, but I want to welcome the new subscribers. Pally Lindy, one of a friend of mine from Denmark, is subscribing. We have Jerry Lim in New York City. She's on board. And Brian Stewart up there in Seattle. He's on board. Uh, so welcome all three of our new subscribers. There's going to be more this week. Go ahead. And, and Pally Lindy, I would like you're in Denmark. I heard they're opening the schools back up there very soon. So I would like you to uh, report. Send us an email. Uh, let us know how that's going. Because, let us know, Pally. Well, because I want some. I want to show it to the mayor or the governor. I want to get the schools open here. Oh, okay. You want to say <laughs> if it's good enough for Denmark, it's good I want, enough. If, you, if I can have one witness who says that, I don't know if you have kids or not. I don't know anything about you, but. Well, I'll tell you, Pally does have kids. Um, his oh. wife's American, and I think they live in Cleveland, so he might not. Oh, not, oh no. <laughs> he might not have the best they insight not, right pulse, now. On the pulse. Yeah, All but right. anyway, that's that. Cap, if you guys want to subscribe, go to patreon.com slash lost in America. We're doing live from the bunker. There'll be a link in the show notes here, and I think I'm finally getting Uncle Keith on board. He told me, he said, my dad said, called me, and he's like, hey, Uncle Keith is trying to subscribe to your show. You got to help him out. And so I emailed Uncle Keith. I'm like, hey, here's the link. And he goes, yeah, I subscribed last week. Uh, but do I put it? I, didn't, I, n I never put in credit card information, but I get the show. And I'm like, what? And then he's not on. I looked in the, he's not, he somehow hacked into our Patreon page. Oh, whoa. Unknowingly. Who's, who's, who's our security guy? A 72-year-old boomer hacked into <laughs> our Patreon on accident and is somehow listening for free. So we got to get you, to the head. Did of, you ban him? Yeah, get to the bottom of this. Don't let give that tip out. Yeah, I don't know. But, I don't you know, know how In all seriousness, anybody who's a fan of this podcast, in the past, you know, we were offering you a once-a-week, half-hour wrap-up show, whatever you want to call it. But now we're giving you multiple episodes a week. What, three, four? extra episodes four extra so, episodes four, Cap. Uh, yeah yeah four extra episodes a week and 
they're at least a half hour long. Sometimes we go longer. It's it's really it's it's let's be honest, we're giving our best stuff away there. It's here, the best so. I mean, everyone who subscribes over there says they, they, they barely even listen to this one anymore. They say that one's so yeah, much better. I mean, I don't listen to this one anymore. I don't listen to that <laughs> I, I I can't remember what we talk about in this podcast. So. <laughs> it's um, ridiculous. And what we do is uh even if like I I missed a show last week, and so we had the great Andrew Heaton, the mighty Heaton filled in, took my spot. You and him took the reins. We yeah, we took over. We we we, we weren't gonna give you back the reins. But then I realized that you do, you do everything right here, so we need to come back. <laughs> yeah, so he's the, he dropped in as a guest. So we have guests dropping in as well, but typically it's just Kaplan and I. Ka- oh, yeah. and we had uh, Jennifer Miles Peak on last week. The, yeah, uh, so that's the thing. If you she's a Patreon, we would you know if you're a, a Patreon of ours, we might have you on as a guest. Yeah, you never know if you want to. You know, so a lot of people want to have their moment in the sunshine. So she's our fashion and a, consultant, and that was a great episode. Yeah, she was our fashion. So this show fashion. is called Lost in America. Kaplan, I've been trying. How, how are you doing with this um, unemployment thing? Um, well, wait. Before unemployment, I wanted to mention one other thing we talk about on on the Patreon shows. We've been going hard after the governor Cuomo. Yes, our mighty for, governor. We've been going after him for the basketball court staying open. And for these construction, we've been we've been feuding with the with the lawyer with the uh, union across the street. For the, yeah. Constru- and we had our lawyer on one day, and he wrote an angry letter. And I wanted to report: I have breaking news that Cuomo today shut down all construction in the neighborhood. It's all done. Really? It's over. Yeah. And he, all for, people are complaining and want affordable housing. All the affordable housing projects are shut. All the cranes have turned off. So we won that battle. We shut so down affordable housing. We shut down affordable housing. Yeah. Ah, look and, at and, us. And, and I'm like one of those people who lives in San Francisco who doesn't want like gentrifiers. So the price, there's no, there's always homeless because of me. Like I have, a, I already want, I wanted to protect my view. That was my secret plan. All you mean along. you so wanted like, to gentrify, but like a, like a, like a real gentrifier. You don't want the next, the person who's moving well, in 10 minutes after you, you want them out. I don't care if people move in, but these building that was going up was going to block my amazing view. Oh yeah. And, They've stopped building it, so that's going to delay for a few months, hopefully. My view stays, so I, I'm a big winner. Thank you to the Pot Army for your support. Kevin, you would rather uh, keep people in shelters than have your b- view blocked in Long Island City, is what you're saying. I wor- I've worked hard for that view. Yes. <laughs> As you know. <laughs> and, and then, yeah, but speaking of working hard, I am unemployed. And, you know, last well, You're week, not working that hard. Yeah, so well, I don't even know when it was. The days really blend together. Did you know this is day 30 for us here uh, of quarantine? You um, know, I, I don't, we started ours, I, I think, on January 12th. I mean, I'm sorry, March 12th. What's today? March 13th? Yeah, I think it's been a month. We've been in quarantine yeah. for a month now. We've been in one month exactly. That's Holy to the cow. Day. Today, today was the day we celebrate here in New York. And, and at some point in this process, I, I was uh, instructing you on how to do unemployment. It was like a classic old school lost in America. You had questions. You didn't understand it. You how do, how, how do we even apply for, uh, let's call apply. it what it is. It's welfare cap. We're all welfare. on welfare over here. You didn't know. You thought you were getting a special $600 thing for being a comic or something. Yeah, I thought they had a comedian stipend. And I walked you through the whole thing as an expert that I am. But in true form of how the, this podcast used to be, that lost in America, when I give you advice, you, I'm the wrong person to come to. Because I don't know if you're getting your money or not. But I did not get my money from last week. I never got Randy got, Kaplan, my wife, got her money and I screwed it up. <laughs> didn't I did you get yours? No, you, I, I haven't gotten a cent. And it, Kaplan, I it did ring it it rang a little fishy to me when you said you did yours in like thirty minutes one day. 
Mine, I started doing it, I think, the day after you did. This is three weeks ago now. I'm still not done. They called me today, <laughs> and they're like, we just have one more question on your application. Meanwhile, my whole thing is I'm trying to get denied because the only way you can apply for my $600, my comedian dollars, my 600 bucks, is um, if I first get denied for regular unemployment. So right. I'm trying, I've been spending the last three weeks trying to get them to not give me, to deny me unemployment so I can That's just so go ahead and get 600 bucks. Because for everyone else, it's just you're getting in on top of what you're already getting. I didn't know you need to be, but that's, so in our situation, uh, I mean, Randy and I applied, she applied, like I said, four in the morning, she did it the day before, but I applied the next, that day, by night I filed a claim and you don't. I didn't get a confirmation email, but she didn't get one either, and she got her money. It's in the bank account. I don't have any money in the bank account. And then when I go onto the account, it shows it, it shows no um, no claim for that past week, and it's too late now. You can't file a claim for a week you've missed. You know, now you are, they say, you're due the money. Eventually, you'll get it, but you have to call. And I've now I know what you mean. You call and you press every button. Oh. You have to follow. You have to follow all these different uh, prompts, and you enter all your information in. And you, uh, you know, they go through it and they, it's like you, you have your social security number, your PIN, and they tell you about your claim history. And then it's like you've gone to the end of the road. You can't get a person. You can go through it's it again. five I, minutes. It's five minutes. I've counted. It's five minutes of robot uh, talking to a machine. And then when you get to the end of the five minutes, they tell you, sorry, the lines are all busy. And they hang up on you. Meanwhile, they could have told you that five minutes earlier. That's what's so frustrating about it. Look, I have my whole life. I've. Many a thing I've I've complained about many a bill of my day. I, I, I do not let anything go any stone go unturned. It's I enjoy the only reason to go to work is because work is a place an office is a place where you feel like I don't care about wasting my time calling a credit card company to dispute a charge. <laughs> yes. So I've been on hold with airlines, with everybody in the world. Okay, and I don't mind it. It's part of life. The best of the hold. best. I've kept but, you but waiting. The, there's nothing more frustrating than if you get and it, and even if if you're on hold for an hour or two hours, whatever, but it, if you get told they just hang up on you and then you can't just press redial and do it again because you have to then it's like you're defeated. You have to go through five minutes of prompts to get to the hang up. It's like you have no energy to do that. So I, I gave up. This like was two times. weeks. This was two weeks of my life, Kaplan. This was the first two weeks of that calling that number every single day until I wanted to blow my brains out. Then I contacted my assemblyman's office, assemblywoman's office. They got back to me, I think, three days after that, and they said, "Oh, we're helping you. We're going to take care of it." And then magically, someone called me, and now, now we're off and running. So they did call you because they made a whole thing about how they're going to have people call you. But again, I'm not going to get called because I made a claim. Like I was able to follow successfully already for the, this past week. So I'm supposedly going to get money for the uh, one week, but I've been unemployed two weeks and that other week. And then, and then there's this whole thing that's confusing where it talks about your waiting period where do you know about this? Yeah, term? but they, they put that out the window. That's not happening anymore. See, that's the other thing because of this pandemic, like half of the rules they've thrown out the window and half of them still exist and no one knows which ones is which ones. But anyway, we're getting a little in the weeds here for our uh, yeah, international but, but it, yeah, global exactly. audience. But it's, but it's very hard to, yeah. Well, well, I'm sure in the rest of the world, it's much easier to collect welfare. So there, Americans, we have to work hard. You know, we have a hard work ethic. We, we, we'll, we'll get our welfare eventually. But I just thought it was a classic. That I'm just, I, I don't even know when. And even my nanny, I, I went through, I spent like two days helping her. I'm sure she's going to get paid before me. And I hope she gets paid. But it's, uh, who knows? If anybody can help me, if anyone has like a trick, to getting through or they know the time of day to call, please let me know because I need my money. I don't know, man. I don't know what it is, but let's keep... Okay, so speaking of the quarantine, I want to yeah. give people... Because we're at a point now in this quarantine where we're... Beca as you said, we're a month in. 
And after a month, we're almost becoming like seniors. Think of us as a high school, like a freshman, so the first week of freshman year, then sophomore year, junior year. We're now at senior year. We're seeing the other side. I don't know if it's going to be ending soon. It might be. We might still have six months left. But we've now learned to exist under quarantine lifestyle. We've learned a lot as a society, as a nation, as a world, how to exist. And now I think it's time where you and I could give some advice to people for the yes. next time there's a quarantine, right? right Whether this is some other part in the world that it hasn't been. If you're in Sweden listening right now, you didn't quarantine at all. So you might right. need well, some are, advice. Yeah. There the are Swedes. not many. Yeah, the Swedes and the... Uh, to our good friend like seven, Roger. Well, do we know anyone in the seven states that haven't that are doing business as usual? Florida? I I yeah, a lot of people. I don't know. No, <laughs> Idaho, Alaska. There's a couple states that are literally not quarantined they yet. Didn't so, let's... so this is, let's give some advice to them for the next pandemic, which I'm sure is only, okay. what, six months to a year away. I mean, there's going to be a new, they didn't close those wet markets in China. Those are still open. So something's no. going to be churning out of those pretty soon. I, I think we're going to call it COVID-20. Um, and uh, I, so first tip advice. Can I go first? Yeah, uh, I got a couple here. First one. Here we go. For the next batch of, of quarantine, what you want to do for successful quarantine, have an early quarantine birthday. Number one, because here's what you do. Remember that first week of quarantine when people go, ooh, it's my daughter's seventh birthday in the whole neighborhood. They got in their minivans and they drove by and everybody honked the yeah. horn and the ribbons. Yeah, like Ruby Kaplan. Did they do that for I don't know if they drove no, by your uh, building. They didn't drive by. Okay, so... <laughs> That's that only happens first week. You don't see those videos videos anymore. And the reason why is because every neighborhood in America has 37 seven year old girls having their birthday and the parents are not going to be getting in their car and driving around the neighborhood 37 times every week. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you want to be early. And if you're not early, you change your kid's birthday. The minute the pandemic breaks out, you legally change your kid's birthday so that they can have a party birthday. Otherwise, like no one's coming over week five, week six, week seven. No one cares anymore. It's over. Okay? Right. That's number one. So, so always shoot early for your birthdays in general as a rule. Well, early pandemic. Yeah. yeah. You, well, gotta, you never know when the pandemic's going to come, so you, gotta, you, know, you already had the party. But, okay, tip so. number two. Get in with the science community. Find out when the next pandemic's coming, <laughs> and that'll help you out with number one. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe take Start some, sleeping with Fauci? What is yeah, that? Maybe, with the science maybe take some trips to Wuhan if you have to. <laughs> you know, go scout out, figure out where the, the wet markets are not so uh, living up to not so safe these days, and try to get on their time cycle. Okay. Maybe you should start uh you have sources there you know you start tips so we can make that a patreon maybe it's future. me maybe that well, yeah for, for 25 dollars <laughs> a month you get to know when the next pandemic's gonna hit yeah and, and as we were said, talking about this in like january on this podcast we were on we were on top of it we were on top of it and and also as we said before for 30 dollars a month we'll give you the cure because we have it it's in my brother's <laughs> basement right now the uh, cure for coronavirus is sitting here um i got no, i got one more and then we'll move on um, next, next tip. Here's a, just a tip for the next quarantine, the next pandemic, get laid off a couple times between now and the next pandemic. Okay. Make, because as you, you and I have been talking about this, the whole problem why you and I are having trouble and my wife and Randy Kaplan are having trouble right now, signing up and getting in the system for, uh, welfare is because we're not already in the system. 
all these people who've been in welfare for years, they got their checks weeks ago because they didn't have to enter any new information. They don't have to sign any new things. It's like being the guy. Remember in school, you want to be the kid who gets detention every day or never. You don't want right. to be the kid who gets it once every two months because then the teacher doesn't remember who, the detention teacher doesn't remember. That was who you me, are. by the way. I got it once every two months, and yeah, that's the worst. Re- me too. I, yeah, the regular the regular detention kids didn't give me enough. Like they thought I was like a. Like, I don't know, I was a poser. I wasn't a real Well, not only that, but the teacher kind of likes them. Because the, yes, even though the they regulars. get detention every they day. They have a rapport. They have that, like, yes. that like 80s movie, like, you know, Breakfast Club kind of rapport. Yeah, going. they're like red in the, in the, yeah. what's in, they've been in prison their whole life. Yeah, so yeah. they're used to life on the inside. So that's, the teacher likes them, and then they get respect that you don't, it's the same thing in unemployment. If you've been in it before, they give you respect. You get your money right away because they go, we don't have to deal. We know, we know this person's backstory. But yeah. so this is what I'm saying. People start getting laid off now in preparation, even if you get a job, right, when this thing ends, or get, get laid off again a couple more times so that you're in the system. You want the opposite of being arrested. You want to be in the system. Well, I got two I was thinking of here that for, for the future quarantines. One is if you know, once you're in the point where there's like a chance there might be one, like we've hit quarantine season, there's like one case in China, yeah, something. I'll let you know. Now is when you have, exactly. Now is the time when you start scheduling all of the, um, the social engagements with like couples you don't really want to hang out with, people don't really hang out with. But and you, you start doing that thing where you, you start to make plans like a few weeks in advance. Let's get drinks. Let's find you finally give in to the plans that have been asked for a while. Yes. Knowing that it's going to get pushed and then it's going to be a Zoom thing, right? Or, and then or Zoom- nothing at all, maybe even. Right. Well, right. Well, oh, should I flip flop my vice? Don't make any plans ever again because then you're going to get suckered into these Zoom things. Do you, are you pro or against these Zoom happy hours with people? It depends on the people. We did one the other night. We, you and I, there was a lot of fun. I love that. Uh, Weber was on yep. there and uh, my brother. But it was also people who had interesting stuff to talk about. A lot of these Zooms, it's like, how's it going where you are? Oh, right. What shows are you watching? The same where it's going where you are. And then, I don't know. There's people around town that they're okay. doing five of these a week. I can't do one I'm, a month. So I'm kind of fascinated by doing it with people you wouldn't normally hang out with. And I, I think there's some positives to it, actually. It's, it's making us more social in a way. Like, we were just blow. We, we were hanging out with the same people all the time. And now we're hanging out. We're mixing it up but but i well, see where you're going this is good advice you schedule these fake these events that you know will never take place exactly and then and then on that note you know i feel like in society we're, we're always hitting on the uh, participation trophy culture yeah but now as a parent i'm thinking that was onto the right path we need more of it like ruby kaplan is not going to get a kindergarten graduation this year because kindergarten was canceled so we just need and, and, poor, and, and I, I said, I'm feeling sorry for ourselves. I'm like, well, it'd be worse if you were like a high school kid. That'd be more depressing. Sure. Or like a parent of a high school kid. You wait your whole life for your kid to graduate high school. So I just think instead, we just need to embrace it every year. It's a crab shoot. We don't know if we're finishing the year. So every single year we finish, it's a graduation. Second grade, third grade, fourth grade. Because you're going to miss some of them going yeah. forward. This is just going to be the new norm. Yeah. Every few years, you're just going to miss them. So you always have pictures. You don't know which years they'll be. Prom, have prom every year. Have a fifth grade prom. Have a seventh grade Love prom. It. Have a ninth grade prom. So just you don't know what year it's going to happen. Then then we don't have to hear anybody whining about it. It's a post-star yearbook pictures and all that stuff. Here's the other thing, Cap. If you don't want to have a graduation, guess what? Have your prom at a wet market in China. <laughs> don't do it there. Guaranteed. You be the one. You you know you would take control of your life. You be the one to start the next pandemic. Yeah. Do you really feel bad for kids who miss prom, by the way? Because I like 
I only didn't go to my senior year prom and my junior year prom. I, I basically hated prom in general, so I'm, I'm totally cool with it. I was, yeah, uh, I was in it. I, I don't know. There were parts of it that were fun. There were parts of it that felt like you kind of had to do it because everyone else was doing it. I don't know. I was a, I was a popular kid, so I had, I had a I skip, fun time. I skipped prom senior year because I got asked by a girl I didn't want to go with, but also because <laughs> I didn't want to miss Bulls Blazers, like game six or whatever. <laughs> but that would have been canceled too this year, too. So it'd be a double, you know. Well, I famously, I famously said this multiple times on our podcast, but the Kings, the only good era of Sacramento Kings basketball coincided exactly with the, my high school years. So every year prom at the, the whole city, we would watch Kings play Lakers playoff games at prom, like girls, boys, everybody, they would have it on the screens. And then yeah. the first hour of prom would just be standing there in prom dresses and, and boutonnieres watching a Kings game. And then the game went in at 10 PM and then everyone dance till midnight and you go home so that was like the best of all worlds you got to watch everything so, with your friends and some guy swoops in while you're watching the game and steals your girl and you call, <laughs> yeah. him, you call him mr big shot bob or something <laughs> in honor of <laughs> but so that, that's it should we get to do you have any more or should we get to and should we get to our guests let's uh i don't know let's call him up let's call hong kong uh Everybody, we're back with Andy Curtin on the line. Andy ca- calling in from Hong Kong. How's it going over there, buddy? We're, we're, we're still standing. That's good. Here you go. That's the first battle. That's step yeah. one. That's what Cuomo said today. He said step one for us is to start standing. To start standing. We're not starting yet. We didn't start standing yet. We have we're, not. We're, the step one is to think about standing. Step one is to, th- to crawl. To, 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 what is the thing that babies do before they crawl? When they're uh, the, I, I forgot, but, you know, they... It, then you get on your knees, then you stand up. You gotta you gotta roll over before you can roll. crawl. That's mm. what we're trying to do right now. Roll well, that's what uh, our mayor, what's uh, de Blasio tells us. Just roll over. Just take it. <laughs> He's a big roll I think over. That's, I think the old rollover strategy hasn't played too well so far. Not for Billy D. No, not for Mayor Billy de Blasio. So <laughs> Hong Kong um is are you guys cause you guys seem to be in quarantine, out of quarantine, and then sometimes it's open and then sometimes it's like three hundred new cases today. And then but also then the next time you guys got it taken care of. What what's the history of what's happened over the past month or two there? Well, I mean we've never had three hundred cases. The, the most daily we've ever had was 80. And I think the second most was like 60. It's been very low. And that was a pretty short period of time. So, so we had it really early on. I mean, like we are part of China uh, legally. I'm required to say that. Yeah. Good, good for <laughs> um, you. There you go. You passed the so test. I just want to keep, keep that residence. Um, but uh, it, so it came in early, but like Hong Kong people, they were ready. Like they've, they've been through this with SARS. So there was, I feel like in the West, there was like this process of being like, yeah, is this something we need to worry about here? They were like, Oh yeah. We know. Like when the government said jump, they were like, we jumped five minutes ago. Yeah. Um, and so whilst they had early cases, it didn't take hold much at all. Um, and you know, people put masks on social distancing happened straight away. They shut down the schools um, and it was pretty normal. Actually, bars and stuff were still running. 
What time frame? Um, is this January? February? When did it start? This is like mid-January, early January. Talking about early January. Oh, so you guys knew when we didn't know about it then so that's the well you knew by then that we had it kaplan we knew didn't think you were gonna get hit by it as we've been saying right, but, um well, kaplan at your birthday which was i mean your your um heart attack no, birthday which right, was like january, was january 15th 20, january, january no that was january 27th that's okay we but we knew about it for weeks yeah, before yeah. that so we knew about it when everyone else knew about it, as andy's saying we just didn't do anything we didn't think there's this american imperialism idea where uh you don't think anything's gonna hit you you're like oh that's happening on the other side of the world that'll never come to us well in early january we well, didn't even know it was contagious yet for a person to person that you know they, they weren't talking about that in america so yeah uh, i mean but, in fairness to you guys it had not taken hold anywhere over like in the west really until i think feb so in early feb basically they didn't no one knew that it was it was going to take hold. Like I was in Australia, so so the comedy club, like because we're Live Nation, they just panicked and they shut down the comedy club before anything really shut down. Live Nation, the um, owner of the owner of the club, comedy club in Hong Kong. Yeah. They're just like they don't want the risk. They don't want to have their their. They brand shut down. The when news. did they shut down? In January. Oh yeah. So so we'd been delayed for three months because of the protests in Hong Kong. And we finally opened the venue, I think it was like January right. 7. The protest, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we were, we were just coming out of the protests. We were like, you know, the, the, we've, we've all been marching, I'm not personally, but they've been marching out in the streets and now they're like, yeah, don't go near each other. You'll sneeze on each other and kill each other. So it's been a fun run for Hong Kong. Um, and then, and then and you opened so up for like a week. two weekends. Right? Oh, two. Sorry, go ahead. Two weekends. Two weekends, and then in Jan- January 14, they were like, "Yeah, it's too much. Shut it down." I think it might be January 16 after the weekend. So from that point, I just happened to be in Australia because uh, I had some family stuff, and with the club shut down, I was like, "Yeah, I might just hang out in Australia." That seemed pretty safe, and see how it goes. Um, ended up staying for seven weeks. And then after seven weeks, it was that was the point where I was like, oh, Australia is definitely less safe than Hong Kong. And we just kind of tried back. And they were letting so you that, back in at that point. Yeah. Well, it was only pretty recent that they blocked all non permanent residents. So what happened when, um, cause I know like uh, Jorge was out here, who's at the club in Shanghai, uh, but he was out here in New York or Virginia or something, staying with family. And then like a ba- basically a bunch of people were leaving, um, the area, East Asia, I guess, yeah, expats to go, to go home to Australia, United States, Canada, wherever. And then around early March, when it started getting bad out here, everyone went back to Hong Kong. What and at that point it seemed like Hong Kong had taken care of it, as far as I'm understanding with the news. You can correct me if I'm wrong. And then and then did it explode again when all these expats came back to Hong Kong, or, or not explode? But you know what I'm saying. Yeah, well, so that's why I'm saying like it made sense that people weren't taking that seriously in America because really it was only about that point when people were like, "Oh shit, this is a huge thing in the West," and so the. The mistake that Hong Kong and Singapore made was they basically left the door open by allowing anyone to fly in. And so what that meant was that when Hong Kong and Singapore looked worse than the rest of the world, no one wanted to fly in. But as soon as the scales tipped, suddenly just people were like flooding back. And so 
what happened was right after I came in, which was like, oh, I think probably late Feb. Yeah, they shouldn't have let you back in, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, well, we we got in just before they mandated quarantines. So what that meant was like right after we came in, if you landed, they gave you a wristband and you had to stay inside your house. Mm. And if they caught, if you got caught like on your, your thing in beep, they'd come and smack so you up real, it's real a, good. It's electronic wristband? Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Like it, like no, you're no, on no, a... Was a no, no, it was a friendship bracelet. And I promise. <laughs> yeah, it was a fucking electric. Well, they wouldn't <laughs> even go... You can't get the scissors in and cut off from like a... Like, know, like, like a from Bonnaroo board. or like yeah, uh, yeah. Lollapalooza or well, something. Well, you know, a couple of rabid French dudes got busted chewing off their bracelets, so... Really? Really? Was... <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. That's a serious statement. So oh, wow. wait, so it's it's like a state, like a home arrest, or what do they call that? Um, yeah, house arrest. House arrest. No, no, no. The uh, the bright. The, what do you call it? The uh, house arrest bracelet. So it beeps if you. Yeah, so you guys had you guys had house arrest bracelets on for a couple of weeks. Thankfully, as a non-felon, I don't know what they're actually called. Yeah, but um, we beat it. We got it just before they needed it. So and, and we took it pretty, you know, because there were kids and stuff. So we took it pretty easy on going outside but we didn't get hooked up with the bracelet kaplan what would they do what do you think we should do that here give people house arrest bracelets to stay home i mean i they would have to probably change the constitution or something to make that happen but i yeah it would, it would work it'd be, it'd be amazing like if you could follow along the way you can follow your family like or, you know find my phone app kind of thing yes you can then you can then maybe they should do it that way where you have to link up with a bunch of your friends or family so i could see if somebody i know is violating it you're right. That's and such a good point. We have to, them or something. We have to find my phone app already. So people are yeah. voluntarily doing that. No, people are voluntarily doing that thing where you can watch your kids, watch your family, like where they go all day. Maybe instead of arresting the people, though, it's like a dog with the electric fence thing. We could just send a shock. That would be good. You know what you would yeah. find, too? You would find those, like, I bet, uh, Captain, as you talk about it, a bunch of those Long, Long Island City uh, tattletale, the narc, like housewives. Mm. Ladies, I bet you half of them are breaking quarantine, but they just don't want anyone knowing about it. Well, you... they're breaking quarantine to catch people breaking quarantine. That's the irony, so yeah. <laughs> Did you say there was a bunch of douchebags that flew in by private jet to Paris from London, I think, to go down to their villa. Oh, no, no, no. It, was, it wasn't in Paris. It was in, like, the south of France to go to their villa, and they got turned back at the airport. They're like, get the fuck out of here. I did see doing? that. That's, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I guess that, listen, it affects everybody, Andy. Not just uh, the, 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 the poor or whatever. Just, That's what they keep telling us. Not just you big comedians. Not just the big comedians. Although I will say in America, it does not affect everyone equally. It affects this virus is specifically attacking um, Democratic voters. And uh, if, if all the it's like the coastal elite cities are all getting nailed and oh. then the middle of America is like seems to be fine. Well, it's coming but, for Florida but, next. So we'll see. about that. But who is it in those cities, though? Isn't it predominantly still the old people? Uh, I, in America, you know what? In the United States, it's not. It's um, I think it maybe the old people it, are the ones dying, but it's there's people going yeah. to the um emergency room and being on ventilators who are in their 30s and 40s pretty consistently in the U.S. Yeah, I've got a buddy whose brother works somewhere in California in a hospital, and he said everyone in his, he's a dietitian in the hospital. He said everyone in the ward was like under 60. Yeah, that's so. The couple things they told us in America. Um, is that first of all, don't worry about it. Even, 
even the you know so like trump was saying it doesn't exist it's a hoax to try to not not let me get reelected but even the other side was who i don't even know who the other side is it was like bernie and biden like i don't even know who that represents well i don't know biden but like but the the other side was saying it's uh you don't worry too much it is real but it only affects people over 65 and um and that, uh, and there was all this other stuff like hold your breath for ten seconds, and if you can do that, you don't have it. <laughs> there was like crazy, was all the, and it was apparently it was some Japanese doctor that everyone was sending around this email. So and everyone was just like, well, they've probably had it. No one even looked up to see oh, right. if like Japan and China were different countries. People were just like, well, if Ch- China had it, then Japan knows about it, so that's probably right. There- there was something they were sitting around where it was like, just drink lots of water. You'll be fine. There's all sorts of, yeah. Drink water. And the other one was don't wear a mask. Specifically, they were telling us do not wear a mask. It makes it worse, which that makes sense. Well, they no were saying it's a way, it doesn't do anything and it's taking masks away from people who need them kind of thing, like in the hospital. And they were like, saying it makes you touch control. your face more. So like yeah, you, you yeah, actually yeah. touch your face more if you have a mask. So I think there was any, uh, were they telling people in Hong Kong not to wear a mask too? Just like our, our uh, scientists? Well, you know what's interesting is there's a huge rivalry between Hong Kong and Singapore about everything, right? And particularly because they were having a similar experience, there was a rivalry about how low they could keep it. But in Hong Kong, they were telling people not to wear – sorry, sorry, in Singapore, they were telling people not to wear masks, and no one was wearing masks. And in Hong Kong, people just did because that's what they do, and Hong Kong's – now doing great single digit new cases and probably going to have it completely under control soon. Singapore, not great. Oh really? What are the, I haven't, I haven't checked Singapore recently. Are they get, are they exploding? Singapore's spiraling out of control. Oh, wow. Singapore has another problem though that Hong Kong doesn't have is it's built on slavery. Mm. And uh, they're little labor camps. We wouldn't know anything about that. Yeah. We're in America. Don't know anything. I don't know. It's horrible. Build a country on slavery. (laughs) I was talking to a mate from, Singapore today and he was like yeah but we need it because like how could we afford to build things and I was like I don't know you might have to have an economy an economy like other countries hey (laughs) that's a rough take but this is true dude yeah so they've got in the northeast of Singapore and the island they've got these labor camps of like you know workers that have flown in and paid nothing and it's running rampant through that community where they currently have slavery we're breaking, yeah. we're breaking news here on the podcast. I thought it was, no, I thought no, you no, meant no, like, I mean, like it was built like a hundred years ago. Off yeah, that's what I thought we were talking about. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. They're there, they're there now. They're what? still there. <laughs> what? From where? Where are these people from? Is this a Jimmy uh, Schubert I mean, hot I, take? I, I, don't, or is this... I don't know exactly. Where... <laughs> I'm more familiar with the similar setup they have in Dubai, but I assume it's like, you know, Indonesians and probably look it up, but. Yeah, no, they've got what they do is they bring in these people, they force them into horrible living conditions, and that's how they build their infrastructure. Like they take their pass, they they promise them some great job, they take their passport when they get there, and then they throw them to some island and give them coronavirus and tell them to sort it out. You nailed it, something like that. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. No, that's actually it, not even a joke. So, Andy, what happens? (laughs) Uh, the club, the comedy, uh, the riff, when you guys. Because I know you also reopened, what is this, like a few weeks ago for a weekend. Is that correct? Or two weekends? So the timing of it was that when I came back, things were okay. They actually opened before I came back. And we ran a few weekends. But right before they introduced the measures of keeping people with the wristbands in, all of these people 
flew in from like France and London where it was starting to take hold and they just went out. And at that point, Hong Kong was like normal, Hong Kong, not, not fully normal, pretty normal. And they just went out and partied and all of these popular bar strips just got just smashed with new cases. And now is there a French, you know, like in Shanghai, there was a French bar street. So that would be fine with me because I didn't really like that bar street that much anyway. And then it it keeps them all in the same neighborhood. But is it, are they partying just all over the whole city? So there was one girl, she, they published her, her like two days before being diagnosed and she'd gone the first night she'd gone to five different nightclubs and then ended up at a kebab store at 5am. Mm. I like, I like this girl, my kind of girl. Dude, I, someone goes, to someone goes, she sounds like a selfish bitch, but probably lots of fun to hang out with. Yeah. Um, I mean, how many people did she make out with in between all that? Uh, apparently about 40. Cause that's how many people were violently ill. Afterwards. Oh my gosh. And she was coughing the whole way through. Yeah. I guess you don't know. As people sneezing when you're in a nightclub, but yeah, she was all over them. And at that point, out all over the dance floor. Andy, at that point, did they have? Go ahead, spam on the other phone. I found it. Andy, at that point, did they have a quarantine going on? Like, did they have this 14 day thing set up, or you said they did not? For all these people coming back. For for people that arrived, you know, there was no expectation to isolate. It was a really low risk at that point. And then if you had the case, they would handle you. And if you'd been exposed to someone that had a case, then, you know, I think you were expected to isolate for two weeks. Um, But, you know, the the cases were so low that it didn't require them to do too much. And and people were handling it themselves. You know, people were social distancing. I mean, here they take that pretty seriously. You know, they don't muck around. And ha- and did that has that caused any backlash um, uh, against foreigners? Like so every once in a while, there's some news story about that in the U.S. Like, oh, in Asia, this is they don't like. Well, there's the one about McDonald's and black people, where they the, the McDonald's. Well, you know what the difference? Is? Yeah, go you, ahead. You know what the key difference is though is that in mainland China, you've got the government that is fueling all this hatred against foreigners, and in Hong Kong, you don't have that, and so. So there's a surprisingly, it's it, there's a very limited animosity against foreigners here, even through that. And and Hong Kong's got their own policies. It's different than China with how to correct and how to say come out. Yeah. yeah. So just, I was reading somewhere where Hong Kong's numbers were like totally skewed, much higher because China's not probably reporting accurately, but Hong Kong, Hong Kong's are reporting the real numbers numbers correct like you think yeah. yeah well the thing is that like the hospitals here are populated with either western doctors or western trained doctors you know you, you're gonna get they can't the government can't control the information here like it can in the mainland right. like in the mainland they can you know you start saying the wrong thing you'll disappear whereas hong kong that doesn't happen so much that's so, not so much that's good people, yeah i'm sure it was a little bit well they did they did Kidnap a bunch of bookstores owners that right. were selling books about the. Uh, I don't know how political. I, can I mean, listen, yeah, yeah. that yeah. happens, Kaplan. That happens here. Have you followed the Clintons' career? Come on. Oh, what do you think? Oh wow, <laughs> wow! Here we go. Uh, yeah, Bring us some hate mail, people. Uh, Cap. All but right, they, but in Hong, in Hong Kong, though, it's they've done. They were really successful at all in, in keeping the capacities. Because I know they had did a thing where there was like 
like 50% in bars when they reopened? Is that what it was? Or Yeah, you know what? It seems stupid when they released it, but I think there's a logic to it. So basically, like, if you... So at the moment, they've basically punished the bars and said, all right, no bars can sell booze for now. But the restaurants are open and at the restaurants, you're required to have 1.5 meters between each table and not more than four people can sit at the table, which you go, Oh, that's pretty stupid. But when you go into the restaurants, it's they're all spread out now. And you're like, yeah, that's actually pretty good. Actually it does kind of make sense. Yeah. You don't have to have these big group meals where you all have to split the check anymore. Oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to invite all your kids. If you have more than two, you'd be like, why don't you guys stay home? Can You've I got tell a you- reason to tell your friend not to invite his <laughs> annoying girlfriend? exactly we can't there's a lot of this, this is, is a dream come true for me because I, I i stopped as someone who doesn't drink alcohol currently and hasn't for the past six months this idea where we go out to dinner and then everyone gets five cocktails and then i have to split the bill with all you i gotta yeah. pay like 40 dollars. yeah, yeah extra. it's great now now people don't have to invite you it's yeah, great you're not, you're not like, <laughs> perfect i mean there was this, this is my little, dream come true a little restaurant yeah there was a little place in New York City called Chopsons that the guy who ran it was kind of like a restaurant Nazi kind of guy where he had all these crazy rules. And if you didn't follow him, he'd kick you out of his restaurant. And one of them was he would not allow more than four people at a table. And people people got so annoyed at him. The guy's ahead of his time. We don't need that many people mixing. We don't need to go back to it ever. It's like handshakes. It's over. Handshakes are done yeah. in America. Yeah. They, they announced the other day. Community dining, done. Community dining done. What about comedy clubs? Is it are they going to reopen comedy clubs, but only let people sit at like every third table, so everyone just bombs? It's like all half full comedy clubs across the United across the world. Yeah. What's yeah. the answer? I don't know. It, it, I think that by the time people are able to go out in groups in the U.S., they'll have a better solution. Well, you what know? did you and guys that, do? I mean, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you know, they might, they're starting to talk about like if they can identify who's immune, they give them some sort of certification and those people are able to go out mm, different risk and band. have it on hand. <laughs> yeah. That's like it's, a good... it's not, it's like a friendship band. Yeah. yeah, yeah uh, you're friends with the virus. <laughs> well, this would be, um, um, it is going to be interesting to see how that works. Like it's almost you're creating like two classes of citizens. It's a reverse caste system where the people who are sickly and have gotten the virus are rewarded. And then those are the people allowed to go out. And if you haven't had it yet, you just have to sit and sit around and wait till you get it. So you can go out. Right. I mean, that's, that's... <laughs> yeah. The only problem I have about that is you're implying that the, uh, the, the poor people are the diseased ones in, in, India or yeah, because <laughs> that's the cast. Is, is that not work. true? Isn't that how it works? I, yeah. uh, I don't think I'm willing to it. put yeah. my. Yeah. I don't think I can put my career on that line just yet. Mm. What career? What career? Come on. Yeah, yeah. good yeah. point. Um, well, Live Nation should be commended. By the way, if they were running our government, we would be back to work by now. They just like, like shut it down immediately. Shut everything down. So what? A, so what's a, up? What happened with the club then? When you guys? Because I'm really interested in this because I think whatever you guys saw, and I'm talking about like the reaction of the audience when you guys reopened a few weeks ago. Because at some point these clubs in America are going to reopen, and I'm not 100 percent sure if people are even gonna, and bars and restaurants and all that. And no one's really sure if people going to go out to these clubs or they're going to be like, no, nah, we don't want to be around right. crowds anymore. We're going to stay away. Okay. What's your experience? What's happened when you guys? Okay, so so three things I'd point out. First thing is is the shows that we ran were some of the best shows I've ever run. 
they were busy and people were very hungry to laugh. People just want to be out. People are sick of being in their house. They're going crazy. They just want to be out. They want to be able to go back to normal. Um, and last weekend or, or the weekend before in, at Yellow Mountain in China, I don't know if I sent you the photos, but they had more people on Yellow Mountain than you would get at Chinese New Year. It I was saw that. absolutely, absolutely packed. As soon as people think that they can go out in public again, mate, the, the caution goes straight to the wind. They want to go back in crowds and they want to be around people. So not everyone, but the people, it gets busy really quickly. So that's like the first thing. The second thing is that uh, in China, now that things are opening up, people are spending money. They're spending money on travel, uh, domestically, obviously, and um, also just on luxury goods. They're treating themselves. So um, I think that it, it bounces back a lot faster than, than you realize. And another thing to consider is that this is – I'm talking in some generalizations, right, but, like, it's a little bit different from uh, an economic bubble bursting because when that happens, there's, like, a repricing of whatever was mispriced. But this is just things stopping because people can't go outside. But when they can go outside, it can come back again really quickly. Mm. I guess the one yeah, question that's... I would have is because um, all that totally makes sense in terms of like a human emotion uh, a, a point of view. But in America, 10 percent of our workforce has filed for unemployment in the past three weeks. So our, our people have lost their jobs in Hong Kong. Was it the same? Have a lot of people lost their yeah. work and companies have gone. Well, Hong Kong's not a great example because well. He, and then in other ways it is actually because we were getting hit in F and B for months before this F and B has been, been suffering since September last year because of the protests. So yeah. And dude, it's crazy. I went on the list the other day cause we we're going out for brunch. It was like top 10 brunches in Hong Kong. Five of them had been shut down. Mm. But and yeah. they were they were like obviously the good ones. They were successful businesses. Wow! Um, you hear that, white women? Don't go to Hong Kong. <laughs> yeah, brunch is uh, over. Again, I love where you're. I love where your Hong Kong's going. You can't have group meals and you can't have brunch. Yeah, this is really all right up Kaplan's <laughs> you alley. Still, you can still find drunk girls at kebab stands at five a.m. Everything's great. <laughs> this this. is like, a... I designed your city. <laughs> Uh, what is and how because Hong Kong's very densely, I'm sure, I imagine it's very similar to New York City, dense right, wise, normally. Oh, uh, mate, yeah, mate, New York, New York is an open field compared yeah, exactly. to Hong Agreed. Kong. That's why I'm stunned by how, how I'm stunned at the numbers and how few cases there were because you guys also have really good testing, and you have subways just uh, like New yeah, York. So, does. So, yeah, Mong Kok is the densest place on earth, yeah. Um, it actually is, and so, uh. It's just crazy how busy some of the parts of the city are. And but you know, people were ready for it. They didn't have this this ridiculous point of view where it's like, oh, I have personal freedoms. They're like, no, I want to live. Right. And, you, gonna, and, if that, and I imagine if we go through it again, at least in the next in 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 a same generation, we're going to be more prepared next time around. I would hope. But. Yeah. You know. You know what? Like realistically, you could have a pandemic that wipes out. 50% of the population. Like that's totally possible. So if this wipes out even half a percentage point, like obviously that'd be tragic, but it might be the impetus to like start going, all right, maybe we should take it seriously when people start sneezing on each other. Hmm. Cap, do yeah, you think, do you think people are going to take the next one seriously? I'm not so sure. My, 
if I think these... they will because they're not going to want to go through this again. Even if they don't believe it's they, even if they believe the rules were stupid, they're going to want to avoid having to do them again. So they're going to take it more seriously in the beginning. But what do you think about the people who are going to say, because this summer, if we only hit like 30, I mean, 40, 50,000, I mean, 40, 50,000 deaths is so much. But if that's what we hit, it's still going to be a lower number than the flu and all these like it's not as bad but as the flu so, people. That's such stupid logic. Though, I agree. No did it. <laughs> I know. But these people are going to be like, see, I told you it's not as bad as the flu. Yeah. Well, Although we never quarantined for two months because of the flu. So which we. Maybe we'll start doing that, and then we'll have to ever we'll have to work again. All winter will be off. That'd be great. Yeah, um, yeah. You know what I think the difference might be is that like you can look at the death count, but you can also look at the number of people that are like pretty badly affected by this because they got very sick and can't get to a hospital or anything like that. Yeah. And if you expand that number out, suddenly there's a lot of people that know someone that had a, either died or had a terrible experience during it. Right, especially if you're in New York City, unfortunately, or in some of the hot spots. I think there's people – I mean, my brother was saying – he's in New Jersey, and he's saying that people in his neighborhood are, are already bitching and moaning about how it's not as bad as – exactly what you just said, Turner, and they want to get back to work. Of course. So that's happening it's, across it's, it's the kinda, United it's, States right now. It's going to be a rural – it's going to be like – we already had this big problem in America where, like, people in cities hate people in the rural and vice versa, and now it's only going to get worse, it's going to get worse. This, this idea, but, there was this whole idea yeah. when it first started that this pandemic was going to bring bring America together because we're all going through it no, together. It's exactly opposite. 9/11 brought us together for a second because that was like an attack, but this is not as obvious. So No, and yeah. also it's not hitting Yeah. It's hitting certain places and not other places. So, so a lot of people still probably do think it's fake. Fake news. I think <laughs> I think you're underestimating how bad it's going to hit some rural areas cuz it doesn't Eventually. have to hit a it doesn't have to hit a rural area that bad. For like the hospitals to get completely wrecked, you know. I don't. Did you see Pandemic, that Netflix documentary? I haven't. No. Sometimes you've got like one hospital that's like for the whole region. That know? is true. I know what so, you're saying. Yeah, smaller places will have like if they get five cases, it over. They don't have five ventilators in the whole in the whole town. Bingo. Yeah. In fact, she was saying in this thing, she, she says if there's a problem across the country, we're not going to get any help. Like yes. we won't get any extra. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be – well, we don't want that to happen, but probably. So what do you think, I'm Andy? sure, mate, 100, 100%, 100% that's happening right now. Like I couldn't tell you where, but it's definitely happening somewhere in the U.S. Let's look yeah. at the numbers, too. Yeah. So what do you think, Andy, is um, – Does is there any idea of – Hong Kong's just going into – you guys are just going into quarantine right now? Is that even what you're calling it, or what is it? What's the situation now? No, nah, it's not quarantine, mate. We're good. Like we can go out, we can go wherever we want. I can go to work if I want. Um, I just don't like going to work, you know. <laughs> so you didn't have like a second. It's not okay. It's not actually another quarantine. So are you guys We're opening the club? Or no, are you not allowed to do that? I thought it was similar. To- What's what the current situation is that bars cannot sell booze, and uh, <laughs> that well bars that's, that's a horrible situation. Kaplan's out. That's not my yeah. Job. I'm yeah, okay, no, I, you almost had me with all your other great proposals, but that no, no one's going out for a big bender on the soda water. <laughs> is it BYOB? Happening. Can you bring your own booze to a club or no? N- nah, they can't open if they only sell booze. So if they're a restaurant with a bar, they can open the restaurant area. Mm. Um, other than and and so you cannot fly into the country if you're uh, a non-permanent resident, and if you fly in, you get you get tested if you fly in. Everyone that lands gets tested. Andy, can mainland Chinese people go? 
No, but they couldn't before. So, no, I'm just kidding. Whoa. Wait, they <laughs> no, can't go, joke. but it's their own country, I thought. No, they can't. They can't come in. No. Really? Not allowed. Seriously. You're joking. They can't. No, they cannot. They're not permanent residents. They can't come in. Wow. Okay, so that's how they get around it. Permanent residents cannot go in. Okay. Um, hmm. Interesting. And uh, I don't know. I think that's it. Should we... Uh, so we're just so is the club opening then, but not selling alcohol, or is it closed? The comedy. Club? Uh, no, because the other there's also restrictions on entertainment places, and also like the problem for us is that we're in Lan Kwai Fong. If you know Hong Kong, that is like party central, um, and that was where all these foreigners went, and they were super loose, and lots of people were going out in crowds, and and it just it got hit in the media both English and local language that that area was problematic and people weren't taking it seriously. And so we didn't, it wasn't great to be running in that area at that time. Like it looked pretty bad to try and be, you know, getting crowds in at that time. Um, the numbers are so low now. I think that like we've had less than 10 new cases in the last two days. So I think pretty soon they'll open the bars back up, but and they'll I- keep the tra- the travel ban. And I know in mainland China, they're doing the thing where, like they have the app, the green color, the red color that you and then also a lot of restaurants or a lot of um, private businesses, I guess, are uh, checking people's temperatures as they come in the door. Is anything like that happening oh. in Hong Kong? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. We, we do that. We've got the temp. And Garen made a good point is like, why does it have to be a gun? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just to show you who's in charge, <laughs> who's boss. Yeah. So you guys so, check everyone's yeah, temperature no. as they come in the door? Oh, dude, we check their temp. Like, before we shut, we checked their temperature. We made them sign a declaration that they hadn't been outside of Hong Kong in the last two weeks, and we make them sanitize their hands. Great. I would like that to <laughs> happen in New York. Yeah, I mean, once you get used to it, it makes you look you, – you feel more comfortable walking into a venue. You walk That's in, what I was like, thinking. Hey, every, and yet, everyone and yet, here is – you have, hand every, you have hand sanitizer on every table? Uh, we don't, but there's enough around. Like, if you want it, you can get it straight away. I would like Not that. Every table, I think, that's what I'm thinking because, I, you know, I do all these – I perform at all these country clubs. I would almost I, – I think that would be a great thing for private clubs to do. It, well, first of all, private clubs I think are going to be safer because there's also – I mean, maybe, maybe not, but there is that idea that you don't want to be the one to infect everyone at the club you go to every week. Um, but I think yeah, having true. the having the uh, the the temperature check and all that stuff is a great idea for places you can contain like that. You know, mate. There's, there's, there's the half of it is just showing everyone that it's a safe place to be. Yeah. You know, like I I went out around that time and I walked into a bar that was just like an Irish pub that wasn't doing anything. First guy, someone I didn't know, got way too close to me, and I instantly was like. And even though there weren't a lot of cases at that point, I was like, I don't feel comfortable here. This this feels like, like these people are not taking right. enough care. Whereas like venues where you you do a scan, you want you know everyone sanitizing their hands. You walk in, go yeah, okay, it's not you can't just roll in here, popping a forty degree fever, or whatever the fuck you say in Fahrenheit. For, uh, Forty-five. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no. no. A forty degree fever. It'd be like a hundred or something. Hundred and two. Hundred and two. Yeah, forty degree fever. I know what you're saying. You're saying that you we're doing all everything we can. Like you're, this is as safe as you can possibly be and still have fun. Yeah, you're taking some serious measures to lower the probability of uh, of there being a problem. 
Well, thanks, Andy. Um, we're running out of time here, but thank you. This has been uh, great to have you on, and uh, good to know you guys are doing well. And uh, hopefully, it all comes back soon. Kaplan, we got to get into the news. Yeah. Andy, thanks for doing it. Anything we missed here? Anything uh, you want? We left out. Yeah, I mean, I think we got it all. But like, the main thing is, my view is when. It turns around, it's going to come back faster than I think people are thinking. That's good news. From what I've seen in mainland China and Hong Kong is that, like, when things start to get better, if people start to feel more comfortable, they are so keen to get out back to normal life. I guess one more question, Andy. What about. I'm just going to like to hear that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you can talk about this. And if not, we can cut it out. But what about, um, like, live events that you put on, like the big, big kind of stadium type stuff? Uh, I mean, for now, you know, we, we just can't run it. I, no one's been running big stadium stuff since shutdowns. So no one knows really, but yeah. if, if you can run 200, you can run a thousand, you know, once it's getting safe. I so I totally agree. That's what didn't make sense to me in America. When they started shutting stuff down, they were like, well, there's no events over 1000 people allowed in California. It's like, well, what am I not going to get it from a thousand people? You know, yeah, but mate, there's a very big difference between it running rampant through a thousand and it running rampant through ten thousand. Like it's just a wildly different proposition. I guess so. Yeah, even if any is. Well, that's it. Well, hopefully everything clears up soon, Andy. Uh, thank you. And at some point, I gotta come. I was supposed to come in July, so I think that's not happening to come do. do that's the, probably off. That's, yeah, that might be a little bold. That might be a little ambitious. A little, they won't let me in the country. So <laughs> whenever we, whenever I'm allowed back, I'll be out there. All right. Take care, guys. Let me, uh, keep in touch, right? All right. Thanks, Andy. Keep it up. Yeah. Stay safe. All right, Bye. Cap. Let's uh, let's get to the news. First news story of the week. Wait, first of all, Kaplan, we got to talk. Uh, Andy, breaking news. Should we start with his news that there's s- slavery in Singapore? Yeah, we're going to have to do more investigative reporting. We're going to this pod's going to take a new turn and become an investigative. I mean, this the, what, what's the media been doing all these years? We're going to be like the new sixty minutes. That's why Singapore threw out the whole um, uh, caning thing. That threw us off the track. We just make jokes about the caning every time. Nobody digs a little deeper. Yeah, exactly. At least their problems. Yeah, the actual, <laughs> actual slavery. We got to figure it's modern day. I, I guess what he was saying, it was like the way Doha, I think he said the thing about Doha or something, like sort of like that. I assume it means actual servitude of people who like were building the World Cup site and dropping dead left and right. Yeah, and what they do is they take, they bring them in from another country, they take their um, yeah. passports, and then they tell them, like, now you can't yeah. leave, but you have to work. Yeah. Here. They do pay them probably, but they don't pay them a lot. And we'll get more. Info. We'll dig deeper once they let us into the country. Once they let we'll us in, that's a good. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to. Uh, all right, Cap. First news story of the week comes to us from the Miami Herald. Ooh, my old paper down in South Spe- Florida. Speaking of hard hitting journalism, Florida governor deems pro wrestling essential business amid statewide stay at home order. Cap, what do you think about this? I mean, I think this is smart uh, politics because wrestling. People are very upset they're not working. People are very upset they don't have sports. There's a lot of, you know, they don't understand. 
understand what's going on. And then you got to give him something, something to comfort him. There's only I so agree. Many old, I'm for this. You can't watch old wrestling because you know what happens. And it's not, the process isn't, you know, you got to watch new wrestling. Wrestling's a, it's like a storyline. It's like a TV show. So we need yeah, to, there's every a, other show. Yeah. The other thing is if you um, just pulled these wrestlers, I think a hundred percent of them would want to be wrestling right now. Yeah. I don't think you can find a wrestler who's, I bet you all these wrestlers think it's fake anyway. They and also a lot of them could drop dead from like steroids or whatever. They've got they're used to putting a life in their hands. They don't mind taking a little more gamble. Great point. And, These guys know, could be gone at any moment. CTE, uh, the coronavirus, they get steroid. Coronavirus is the least of their issues. But it's like people act like I mean, it's not a real sport, right? We all understand it's not real. So it's just like any other TV show that is you want to binge you want to watch your netflix so you want to watch your wrestling people don't know everyone has netflix or all these other things well the only difference between this and uh um and you know uh the new episode of uh of uh i can't even name it what's a show on that's right now unbreakable kimmy schmidt the only difference between this and that is that these guys are exchanging fluids i think pretty constantly but i i i am looking for things to do with my kids and i think teddy's never watched wrestling and maybe it's time for him to get into it because he needs to some sort a sport inside you can play that seems like a good sport or do a little yeah, i don't definitely. know I, I think the governor's on i think the governor's showing great leadership here i i do too let's maybe get him a presidential run i'm not sure what side of the aisle he's on uh, i can you, guess which side of the aisle uh, he's on yeah. but i'm not 100 percent sure <laughs> yes. story number two is from buzzfeed kaplan justin timberlake says that that 24 hour parenting is not human this is the most, I mean, a lot of people on the internet are mad about him, are mad at this, are ripping him because they're saying it's like kind of sexist, their classist thing where he's not a rich guy, he's not used to parenting. All normal parents do parent 24 hours a day. That's, that's, this, that's nonsense. Let's, this is a star who's just like us, and I appreciate <laughs> finally because it isn't human, and it makes me feel better in this crisis that Justin Timberlake is as miserable as I am, maybe. Well, so, Kaplan, oh. you might find yourself because you have a nanny, which you so you boast about quite regularly on the podcast. Yeah, and I don't have her now. She's uh, on the unemployment line. So now you're doing 24-hour parenting. Is that right? Is 24-hour parenting a new term? Doesn't isn't that just mean parenting? I think it's Justin Timberlake doesn't know about bedtimes even worse than me. So his kids stay up and party at night. I don't know. They're up all night. What? Yeah. What does that mean? 24 hours. Well, I, I do mean, get that. Well, that you're a parent 24 hours a day. You're not, but he's kind of like a one hour, I would say probably a month parent. I'm guessing because he's on the road. I mean, he has, it's not his fault. I'm saying yeah. he's out on tour. He's got to entertain the masses. He's got to entertain I the mean, people. I don't you know how many kids does he even have? This is like Kaplan. Every every um, uh, famous person you find it, you go. Oh, everyone loved uh, Tom Hanks. Everyone loved uh, Estelle Getty. And then you talk to their kids, and they go, "Well, you know, Tom Hanks was he was for the people, but he could have been a little bit more for the kids." You know, that's what his kids are. Hey, a little, a little more time for us and a little less. That's what I imagine Tim- Timberlake is. He's got to go out there and go live on the road. You know, so it's not his fault. I didn't- his wife is Jessica Beale. I didn't know this. And then yeah. he only has one child. I just looked this up. He has one child. I'm back. No. He's oh, not wait, like what? Us. One child is not. He's one kid. That's not 24-hour parenting. That's like, that's 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 a, that's a breeze in the park. That's child. almost that's like nothing. That's only one more kid than I have. And I'm doing fine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and he's got a, I imagine his house is so big that he doesn't even know where that one kid is half the day. You can easily hide in recording studio. I can't watch TV. I can't do anything without. It's hard for me to record this podcast. Oh, and I'm flip-flopping. This is the worst thing he could have ever said. He could have said, 
He could have said he was in favor of Singapore slavery and I'd be more. <laughs> <laughs> or, he might be. Yeah. We haven't asked him yet. Yeah, he, get him. <laughs> I'm sure he's best friends with like the pre- the king of Singapore or whatever they have, the prime minister. Right. So I'm sure he's like, oh, no comment. He's, I, he, I mean, I'm sure he gives the. Uh, he's opening up those barbecue restaurants of his in Singapore. He's Le- the yeah. LeBron James line. I need, to, I need to study more. I need to find out more about the situation before I comment. Yeah. Are, are they are they are they studying more on the, the black people not being allowed at McDonald's? Is uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they need to ask LeBron about that. All right, last yeah. story of the week. The Miami Herald. We're back to Miami. Hialeah. We're back. This is the, the they're the new New York Post of this podcast. They're pretty great. I love the Herald. Hialeah, yeah. Florida police chief orders haircuts for cops at a local shop. What's happening down there in South Florida, Kaplan, is haircuts, uh, barbershops were deemed non-essential. Right. right. So wrestling is essential. Haircuts are not. Bar haircuts are not. not. Yeah. But the chief of police of Hialeah, Florida, had different plans because he said what is essential is that his cops, when they go out on their beats, they look good. They got to yeah. keep it high and tight. They need flat tops. How do you even know if it's a cop if they don't have a flat top? <laughs> exactly. And a yeah. perfectly trimmed mustache, you know. Yeah. So he's got Tony's Barbaria. Which is a, a barbershop down in in, Shout out. in Hialeah. Shout out to them. He's specifically deemed that's that one place as allowed to stay open, but only to serve the cops of Hialeah, Florida. I'm for it. I mean, I think this is smart. I would like to figure out a way for a New York. I know some New York police. So I, I need to figure out a way to get a haircut at some point because I'm gonna my Jufro is gonna start getting out of control. And uh, I, I kind of think my barbershop, those guys. They do a lot of fa- – I feel like the police chiefs go there and stuff, so maybe they're going to open up at you know night or some sort of – maybe they – like an illegal hour to open up at to cut the cops' hair so they do come to their homes, house calls. Speakeasy. Call? Speakeasy Speak- barbershops. Speakeasy barbershops is a great idea. Yeah. Like if you're – if you're uh, you know, well, you don't want to have contact. That's the only thing. But, you know, like in uh, in Marriage Story when Scarlett Johansson can cut hair, like if, you, if you're someone at home who can cut hair, you're very valuable now. So everybody should be, you know, you know, I think it's like, I think it operates like a real speakeasy, but you have to go in through the bar, which is not open. And then you go through the back door of the bar. You knock twice. You say hi and tight or whatever the code might be. And then they let you in and there's a guy back there cutting beer. They're serving whiskey. There's a jazz band playing, you know, (laughs) there's cops, there's mobsters. Everybody's back there hanging out, getting their, getting their haircut. I think I I, I wouldn't be surprised. This must already be happening. I don't think we, I, there's places in New York City where I'm sure this is already exi- this already exists. I mean, I know my barbershop, the woke dad in my neighborhood, has a lot of problems with the problematic language that gets spoken at my barbershop. So they, they, if there's if anyone's doing it, it's these guys. I got to figure out a way to know the code, though. I haven't been invited. If they are, well, we need to figure so. it out because I'm desperate. I'm about to like, ask so- uh, my brother's wife, Anna Sparks, is going is offered to cut my hair in the backyard, and I'm like, you're not a barber. She goes, I know, but I watched a YouTube video once. Oh my god, yeah, I mean. I can't even imagine. I, I, if I maybe I should try. No, Randy would allow me to have someone do that, but not to the kids. The kids need to have their their good looks. Well, she already cut. She goes, look, I cut Tyler's hair. I cut Ben's hair. But I'm gonna tell you, those there's their hair looks like it's a mixture of a lawnmower <laughs> and those like kindergarten scissors, the ones that don't really cut. They just mash yeah. things around. And so that's that's my but my other option is to get Gary Sparks uh, Beatles uh, uh, Oasis haircut. Just let it keep growing, you know. <laughs> so those are my two. I'm I'm at a crossroads here. And you believe me, and the police officers can't show up with an Oasis haircut. Or no, not, I won't even. I'll, their, I'll ask them to start in, playing a tune. If you're, yeah, if you're breaking the quarantine and you're not dispersing, and the cop comes into you know your bracelet, they're just going to be like, "Screw you! You're not a police officer. You're a slob." 
You're the you're the bass player from Oasis because no one knows what <laughs> you know the Gallagher's. <laughs> yeah, but no one knows what the other guys look like. Oh uh, yeah, that's a great reference. All yeah, right, I, I actually always wanted to look like a guy in Oasis, so maybe this is this one. Maybe do. this is your chance, Cap. <laughs> that's it. That's the podcast. Andy Curtin, thank you for doing it, everybody. We're gonna be back tomorrow. Actually, it's tonight at this point. This I don't even out. know when we're recording. Should we just keep rolling? Coming out Tuesday morning, so we will put one out tonight. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, five days a week go over to patreon.com slash lost in america and uh, to uncle keith to my uncle keith if you've not if it hasn't charged you yet then and if you're not getting episodes through that you're not subscribed that's what that because he's that's basic rule of podcasting if you basic, can't hear it you're not subscribed basic rule if you didn't pay for it you're not getting it unless you oh, didn't pay for it exactly i, I forgot about it. that was so long ago we said that I, it seems like days ago unless somehow but, yeah. he's figured out how to hack into our uh, into patreon which would be a whole other business yeah. model that the world he's the world's youngest zoomer then because he's figured out a world's like oldest a, zoomer. I, no, a world's oldest zoomer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's a weird Uncle Keith, world's oldest <laughs> zoomer. That's it, Cap. That's the podcast. Thank you, Andy Curtin. Cap, what should we do? Let's get lost. Get lost, America. Yeah.